At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome to the New York City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. A Monday show for you, a lot to do. Yankees, Red Sox recap. Uh, and what was an ugly last couple of games for the Yankees. Mets and Braves preview. We'll deep dive on that series. The season going forward between those two teams. It has gotten tight in the NL East. Uh, so a big show. A lot to do. Uh, but we got to start here with the WNBA All-Star Game. 134-112 to 112 final as the game stays under the total. And this is really, uh, this is just a test to see if my program director, John Goulet, is listening. Obviously, we'll start here with the Yankees and the Red Sox as... Uh, boy, it felt like the last two games, it felt like 2021 for the Yankees where, look, if you told me on Thursday these teams split the four games, not a huge deal. And the Yankees are off today, by the way. Mets and Braves uh, are in action. Scherzer versus Freed. Total is seven. I like the under there. And again, we'll get to the Mets and the Braves in the next segment. I have a lot to say on that series and that pennant race just in general. But uh, if you told me the Yankees and the Red Sox split, I say, you know what? Not a big deal. The Yankees are a million games up in the East. Yankees have a reasonable lead over Houston. Not a big deal. But the way they lost these games, uh, it felt like last season where 2021, they just bad defense, couldn't get the big out, couldn't make the big play. And Saturday night was the same thing where they blow two different two-run leads. They're up 3-1. to one. Red Sox rally, tie it, goes extra innings. Judge with a double, Rizzo with a double, you're up 5-3, you're in good shape. Uh, Donaldson can't convert the double play, he bobbles it. Next thing you know, Peralta gives up a base hit, you lose that game. All right, you live with it. 
But then Sunday night, you're up 6-2, to two, and Tyone, who's been awful and is playing his way out of a rotation spot in the playoffs, he's been awful. And the Yankee pitching's gotten hit a little bit, too. That's one thing. Uh, Cortez has come back to earth, down to earth. He's been getting hit. He got rocked Friday night. Not rocked, but hit pretty hard Friday night. Cole got hit Thursday, giving up the homers to Devers. Uh, Montgomery's solid, but the pitching has not been great the last few weeks. But the last couple of nights have felt like 2021 for the Yankees with the bad defense, bad losses, you know, some questioning this team's direction, questioning their prospects in October. To me, it's the best thing for them. It's the best thing for them because you need to send a signal here to ownership. If you're just cruising around and winning every game, if you're cruising along winning every game, ownership's not going to do anything. They're not going to go crazy. They'll add a bullpen guy, a bat. And I don't know that they'll go crazy anyway, but to me, this is the best thing because this team, as great as the record is, needs changes, needs to be improved. Starting with, and this guy, he's gotten on my nerves for a while now. It's just, for whatever reason, it culminated over the last few days. Kiner Falefa has got to get off shortstop. You got Peraza in the minors. You got Volpe in the minors. I understand you could say, you know what? It's very tricky to throw a rookie into the fire here. You're expecting to play deep into October. It's a lot of pressure to just call a kid up and put him in front of 50,000 people and expect him to play a big role where defense, this team is built around defense and pitching and put him at shortstop and expect him to just not feel the pressure. That's a little dicey. I totally understand that. Totally understand that. But I think it's worth a look now. I would actually do it. I would put Peraza up, call him up. Look, you're up a million games in the East. You have nothing to worry about in terms of that. If he doesn't cut it, you know what? You can make a trade. You have still a couple weeks here before the deadline, a few weeks before the deadline, which is August 1st this year uh, instead of the July 31st it usually is. Maybe that's because the season started later. I'm not really sure. But you have enough time here where you can give Peraza a couple-week tryout, see what he's got if it doesn't work out. You can move on and maybe make a trade. I can't look at Kiner Flafe anymore. This guy's supposed to be a defensive shortstop. He's supposed to come in here, and he can't hit at all. I, I don't care. Don't tell me about the batting average that he's hitting. Well, he's hitting 268. I mean, that's your one strength here is you're hitting 268. That's great. Congratulations. His on-base percentage is 315. He does not have a home run, and he can't field the damn ball. He can't even make a routine play. I, he, he does make some really good plays at times. He made a great play Saturday night where it was a— a sliding throw, and in one motion, he fielded it and threw it out. He's got a knack for making kind of the spectacular play once in a while, but he's just too shaky on the routine plays. We saw him Sunday night bounce a ball to, to first base on a ball that, look, I mean, that's that's a play a major league player's got to make. Rizzo usually scoops that, but bottom line, his defense is not good enough to justify his offense, which is just non-existent. Non-existent. Hits for no power. Uh, swings at every pitch. He doesn't walk at all. He's on base, like I said, he's on base is 315. Okay, you're hitting 268. That's great. But your defense is average at best, average. And it, your, your defense is not good enough to carry your offense, which is, like I said, it's just non-existent. He's not the caliber of player that belongs on this stage, on this kind of team. And you could talk about Gallo, and I think Gallo, like uh, the reports, the, you know, it's funny to read the headlines. The Yankees would be interested in shopping Gallo. Yeah, I, I would imagine you can get you can get Benatendi in here or Ian Happ. You can replace Gallo's at bats um, and move on. And you can people can blame Gallo. Gallo's been very bad offensively. You know he's a good fielder, but uh, I have no problem replacing Gallo. I've been hard on Gallo, rightfully so. He's been awful. He's been awful as a Yankee. He's been awful this year. Disappointment. He's not a fit in New York. That's fine. Uh, but Kiner Falefa, to me, it's time to move off of him. And I think this weekend is a good wake-up call because this is a Red Sox team. They don't have Eovaldi, and 
you know, Red Sox fan complained a little too much about, oh, well, we don't have any pitching. Our pitching's hurt. Well, part of that is he signed Sale, who's always hurt. Okay, Eovaldi's a bad break, but you don't have that pitching depth. Like, the Yankees have had pitching injuries this year. Not a lot of them, but, like, the guy Sears who came in and, you know, he's thrown 15 or 20 innings. He's pitched well. Schmidt and uh, that time Severino had COVID, he came up and pitched well. Yankees have better depth, better pitching. Uh, in the system just, you know, throughout the organization than the Red Sox do. So the Red Sox use it as a little bit of an excuse, but uh, from the Yankees' perspective, you're playing a Red Sox team with no pitching whatsoever this weekend. Guys you never heard of, Winkowski, Seabald, Carter Crawford. Uh, and to split these four games, look, it's not the end of the world. That's a tricky place to win, especially when you don't defend well. Your mistakes get amplified because it's such a hitter's ballpark where, you know what, it, a ground ball to short and you don't make the play, that's going to lead to a big inning more times than not because it's a good hitting team and it's a small ballpark. It's a quirky ballpark. Uh, you can't be dropping pop-ups. You can't be booting routine ground balls to shortstop. But uh, the bottom line to me is this team needs upgrades. As great as the record is, as great as the first half has been, there are no danger to win the division. And look, if they made no changes and you told me they won the World Series, you know what? Uh, when you have the kind of record they have, I wouldn't be shocked. Like this team is that good. But there are room, there's room for improvement. There's ways to improve this team. And to me, it starts with the shortstop. You need to get a legitimate, quality, uh, respectable Major League shortstop at least. And if Praza can come up and just catch every ball, hit okay. I mean, he you're getting to the point here with Kiner Falefa where you can't beat any worse than Kiner Falefa's been. Again, average at shortstop. He's jittery. He makes a lot of errors. Well, he's up to 11 errors on the season. I mean, he's made 11 errors. He has no homers and he doesn't walk. What the hell does this guy provide to a team? It's ridiculous at this point. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, it's time to look. You don't have to overpay in a trade. If you want to hold your cards tight to the vest and you know hold out for a better trade closer to the deadline, I can understand that. But a move has to be made. You got to get this kid off shortstop. It never made sense. Seager was out there. Correa, who I know nobody likes and nobody wants to root for, he was out there. He's having a monster year for the Twins, uh, whether it was Correa, Seager, somebody. I know Simeon and uh, Story aren't having big years, but there were enough shortstops out here this past winter where Kiner Falefa should never have been on this team. He should not be on this team now, uh, and it's time to move on. It's absolutely time to move on. It's ridiculous. I'm tired of watching him. I'm sick of watching him. I do not want to see this team in October with this guy playing shortstop. It's just, it's totally ridiculous at this point. This is the New York Yankees. This is the best team in baseball record-wise. They're going to be the one seed. They're having a, you know, hopes to win a World Series, hope to get to a World Series for the first time in 12 years. You got to improve this position. The, import, the, the position's too important. And again, you got guys like Donaldson who's hit better lately. Hicks has hit better lately. Gallo. You can afford one weak spot, but they have enough spots where you're below average where uh, you just can't afford to carry a non-entity like Kiner Falefa. And that's what he is. He's a non-entity. He can start on a bad team. Look, he can go start on the Royals. He can go start on Texas or somebody. He should not be starting at shortstop for the New York Yankees. So uh, Yankees off today. They get the Reds for three, Red Sox for three. They'll be fine. They'll bounce back. But again, this series, this last couple games has showed you if you're the Yankees, you need to make a move. And uh, big picture, does it matter? Well, I think... The losses don't matter. It's the way you it's the way you lost, and it's the flaws you kind of exposed here. The Astros have exposed some of the flaws in terms of the bottom of the lineup and not having enough offense. I think the Red Sox have exposed some of the flaws. And again, they played really good defense most of the year. Just had a bad couple of nights, but uh, there are some guys where 
look, you need to replace him. You need to figure out a way to get Carpenter more at bats. He's hitting a homer every eight at bats, which is just incredible. He's getting other hits. He's getting on base. Carpenter, you got to figure out a way to get him regular at bats. Gallo, look, whether it's Ben Attendee, whether it's Ian Happ, whether it's whoever, Santander from Baltimore, although Baltimore's actually played really well here. You have to figure out a way to to first get kind of Falefa off shortstop. I think that's the biggest priority. And swap Gallo's at bats for somebody who can come up and just, you know, put the bat on the ball, give you a decent at bat, a Ben Attendee who I'd prefer. He's played in Boston, he's played in big games, he's won a championship. Not going to be intimidated by the bright lights, the big city. I would prefer Ben Attendee, but whether it's Ben Attendee, Hap, somebody. Uh, I would make those two moves and get a relief pitcher. Boy, with the starting pitching getting knocked around this last you know few weeks, would you look at Luis Castillo? Now, it's not been the Yankee way to go out here and trade for three or four guys and make three or four different moves. That's asking a lot. But I guess with kind of Falefa, you don't need to make a move. You can just call up Peraza and give him a shot, trade for Ben Attendee, and then maybe trade for, boy, a couple weeks ago, I said, you don't need a starting pitcher. Just get a bullpen guy and you're fine. I would actually think about Castillo at this point because, like I said, Cortez has come back down to earth. Cole, I don't worry about. Gives up too many homers, but Cole's fine. Tyone's gotten hammered. I don't. I wouldn't pitch him in the playoffs. Uh, Severino's been really good, but I, you know, could you add one more lights-out guy like a Castillo, get him with uh, Matt Blake and really turn him into like a co-ace with Cole? Not impossible. Not impossible. And then you could take one of these starters and put them in the bullpen come October. Again, this is all about October now for the Yankees. Uh, obviously, you want to be the one seed. You don't want these losing streaks to fester. I don't think they will. They'll bury the Reds this week. They'll play fine against Boston in Yankee Stadium. But uh, this team has shown some warts here. So that's the Yankees. They're off tonight. Mets in action against the Braves. We'll get to that in a minute. Quickly, the All-Star teams were announced. The Yankee All-Stars were Cortez, Cole, Holmes, Trevino, Judge, and Stanton. Uh, the Mets All-Stars, Alonzo, McNeil, Marte, and Diaz. Sounds like Cole is going to pitch, I think, Sunday, Saturday or Sunday for the Yankees. So he probably won't even be on the All-Star team because if you're not going to pitch, you might just take the week off. So I don't know if Cole will even be an All-Star factor. So be interesting to see who starts the All-Star game in terms of the pitchers. Maybe Kershaw gets the nod here for the Dodgers in terms of like a hometown guy. Um, and then... Who knows? Will the, will the AL pitch like Otani just to, as a way of marketing the game? That I'm not sure. Um, you know, you could pitch McClanahan. You could pitch Verlander. It'd be interesting to see what the National League does. I think by right, Alcantara should start for the National League, but maybe there'll be a sentimental thing with uh, with Kershaw pitching again. We don't even know. Even though the teams are announced for the All-Star team, we don't know who's actually going to make it because obviously the guys that made it made it, but there's going to be 8, 10 guys that either – pitch the day or two before so they're not they're going to need replacements we already saw Alvarez he's hurt for the Astros so he's going to be replaced you're going to have you know usually like I don't know eight nine guys get added as sort of alternates replacements so we know the teams but we don't really know the teams for the all-stars but we do know those six guys made it good for Trevino good for Cortez Trevino was just uh boy it was an afterthought when they picked him up and he's turned into an all-star so that's a hell of a job by Cashman uh, getting him. He's had a great year. And Cortez, another guy, was off the scrap heap. Like I said, he's gotten hit a little bit lately, but uh, a, a rightful all-star, deserving all-star. So that's next Tuesday for the all-star game, next Monday for the home run derby. Uh, let's take a look now. Haven't done much of this. As we get to the all-star break, the wild card standings I think are interesting. 
because like I said, we haven't done a whole lot of it. It's mostly been, hey, the Yankees in, the, in respect to their division, Mets in respect to their division. Both the teams have been in first place really since opening day. So we haven't spent too much time on the wild card, but now that we're getting towards the all-star break, it's just interesting to see who's in the mix as you know, you can start to sort these teams out of, you know, is it a three-team race, a four-team race? Remember now, uh, there's an extra playoff team in each league, so there's three wildcard teams. And at the moment, obviously, the Yankees, Astros, and Twins leading their divisions, respectively. The wild card at the moment would be Blue Jays, Rays, Blue Jays, all three from the American League East. But the Red Hot Mariners, who have won eight in a row, nine of their last ten, are in a flat-footed tie with the Blue Jays for that last spot. So... Four teams tied for three spots. Uh, Blue Jays, three teams from the AL East, Blue Jays, Rays, Red Sox, but then the Mariners are in a dead heat with the Blue Jays. They've played really well lately. A lot of expectations coming in the year for the Mariners. Started off slow. Um, like I said, they've played really well. So that's the American League. And remarkably, just two games behind the Blue Jays and the Mariners who are tied, the Baltimore Orioles at 43 and 44. My goodness. I knew they had talent. Uh, when you draft that well, when you draft that high for so long, eventually you're going to get some players. But I thought it was two years down the road, maybe a year from now, two years from now. Uh, they are here. They are at least decent. Hyde has done a hell of a job with that team. So good for the Orioles. They were an embarrassment last year. They're actually competitive. But the last, so let's just look at it. Boston has 39 losses. They are the first wild card. Tampa, the second wild card with 40 losses. Seattle and Toronto tied for the third spot, like I mentioned, with 42 losses. Baltimore 44 losses, Cleveland 42 losses, but they're a game under. They haven't played. They've had a bunch of rainouts for whatever reason, so they've only played 83 games, uh, while Seattle and Toronto have played 87. So Baltimore in the mix, believe it or not, Cleveland in the mix. The White Sox have played terribly, but they're 41 and 43. They're in it. Boy, even Texas 39 and 44, only two out in the loss column uh, for a wild card spot, which you wouldn't really think of because look, nobody's talking about Texas. Why would they? But they're in the mix, and then it's a drop-off where the Angels, the Tigers, boy, the Angels are terrible, 38-49, and 49, and that's the cutoff really from Texas uh, to L.A. is the cutoff. So four teams tied for three spots. Then you have Baltimore, Cleveland, the White Sox, and even the Rangers. So a lot of teams in it for the wild card. That'll make the deadline tricky because not a lot of teams out of it, so not a lot of teams are going to be sellers, you wouldn't think, unless uh, some of these teams that are only two or three out say, you know what, I, I know we're only a few games out, but we don't really think we're going to – we're in it. We don't really think we're going to be buyers, even though we're like, let's say you're Texas. Are you really talking yourself into the fact that you can win a championship if you're Texas? Maybe, maybe you say, you know what? I don't care about winning a championship. I have a chance to make the playoffs. And to me, that means something. We signed Simeon, we signed Seager. So we're going to trade four guys instead of, you know, we're going to buy instead of sell. Maybe it'll be interesting. Uh, the national league, obviously the Dodgers, Mets and Brewers lead their divisions respectively. The wild cards, Padres, uh, Braves, Padres, and then Phillies. Two games behind the Phillies are the Cardinals. Uh, right in the mix behind them is San Francisco, 43 and 41. Miami, 41 and 43. Only three out in the lost column of a, of a wild card spot is Miami. We told you last week at 200 to 1, Miami was a decent bet. Uh, like Not that they're going to win the World Series, but with their pitching, only a few games out of a wild card. 200 to 1 is not a terrible bet. Didn't seem like uh, the proper number, just seemed like a mispriced number on Miami. Then there's a drop-off. Arizona has 48 losses, so they're not really in the mix. Colorado, 48 losses. You can forget about them. So it's really the three teams in the spots right now. Braves, Phillies, Padres. Boy, there's a lot of East teams, whether it's 
AL East has three teams. NL East has AL East has four teams, including the wild cards. NL East has three teams in the playoffs, including the wild cards. Uh, then you get the drop off to the Cardinals, the Giants, the Marlins still in the mix. So those are the wild card positions. Again, you can go to betrivers.com, go to the Bet Rivers app and check out all of their futures. If you see one of these teams that's gotten hot, that catches your eye. Like I know the Mariners were two hunched to one last week, and boy, that was one. Not that they're going to win it, but you got a team that's two hundred to one and they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, that's uh, that's at least worth a look here. As we're pulling up the futures here at Bet Rivers, Yankees four to one to win the World Series. They are the short shot. Dodgers plus four fifty. Astros plus five seventy five. Mets are eight to one. Braves plus eight fifty. Padres seventeen to one. Blue Jays eighteen to one. Let's see if the Mariners. Mariners down to seventy five to one. That's not terrible for the Mariners. Mariners got a chance to make the playoffs. Still seventy five to one. The Marlins, 250 to 1. My goodness. How are they 250 to 1? Again, are they going to win it? Probably not. But only a few games out of the playoffs. And that is lights out pitching with Alcantara and Lopez. Rodgers has pitched better lately. 250 to 1. That's uh that is certainly interesting. Mets 8 to 1. Yankees 4 to 1. Uh divisions. You can forget the AL East. Dodgers have pulled away in the uh NL West. Astros run away with the AL West. The AL Central's a mess with the Guardians, the Twins, the White Sox. Um, so that's an interesting one. Although, you know, that's not great baseball. Somebody's going to win that division. Twins minus 134. White Sox plus 175. Guardians are 5-1. to one. Boy, the Guardians might be worth a look there. Um, NL Central, Brewers minus 250. Like I said, the Dodgers minus 560. They are up 9 in the loss column. The Dodgers are. So that division is over. Brewers, you would figure, win the Central. NL East, Braves, and the Mets. Uh, I'll give you those odds when we come back. I'll give you my thoughts on who's going to win that division as we start a three-game series tonight. 15 games the rest of the way between the Mets and the Braves, which is all of a sudden a skin-tight race in the NL East. What was once a 10.5 game lead is down to 1.5. Who wins that race? Who wins tonight? We'll tell you next. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Bet River Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Must be 21 or older, available in New York only. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. All right, we are back. New York City cast of Bet River Sportsbook. It is here. The time has come. Let's get into it. Mets and the Braves. We've been counting down to this series, to these games, and here we are. And we're going to get a whole bunch of them this second half of the season. I know it's not post All Star break, so people sort of use the All Star break as a proxy for the halfway point, and it generally is. It's a little later this week, a little later this year. The All-Star game, I think because of uh, the lockout and everything with that and the season getting pushed back. But we are in the second half of the season technically. And like I said, we are getting a bunch of these Mets-Braves games starting tonight. And it really it doesn't get any better than this. Mets-Braves, Max Freed versus Max Scherzer. The Battle of Maxes. Braves minus 115 at Bet Rivers. The total is 7. Uh, I do like the under here. As far as the side, look... Um, I, I know I'm supposed to come on here and say the Mets with DeGrom coming back, Scherzer back, they're going to trade for some bats. They are going to win the division. 
or take the other approach and say, you know what, the Braves are playing well. They're the world champs from last year, and they're even better this year with a full year out of Acuna. The emergence of Strider, who's just incredible, who will pitch Wednesday. Uh, that is Tuesday, actually. I'll go through the pitching matchups here in a minute. He is pitching Tuesday. Morton's pitching Wednesday. And I'm supposed to pick a side. I'm going to say, hey, the Mets are going to win. I'm going to say the Braves are going to win. I, I come on here and I tell the truth. I have no freaking idea who's going to win this division. This is a great race. We are basically even now. Mets with a one-and-a-half game lead. Uh, a rough series. Not a rough series, but they lost two out of three. They let Sunday's game get away. Uh, I, I thought, and I'm not a big bunt guy, but se- uh, first and second, nobody out. Lindor up. I would have bunted there. He's a good bunter. He can handle the bat. The Marlins are terrible fundamentally. They're, they're bad fielding. I know their metrics, they actually grade out okay, but they, I mean, look at the game Saturday. Mets are down to their last out. They hit two ground balls in the infield, and they win the game, uh, including one back to the pitcher, which is just as routine a play as you can get. A high school play, a high school player makes that play you know, 90% of the time. And Scott, who's a good closer, uh, just muffs it, and then he panics, throws it away. Mets win the game that way. So make the make the Marlins field the ball there. Uh, so I would have bunted Lindor. You felt like one run's going to win that game. First team to score is going to win. And look, I know, like I said, he could pick the ball up and throw it in the stands. The Marlins could. He could Lindor could just as easily pop it up. You never know. Uh, but I'm I'm in a situation with Alcantara, who's just so good, so dominant. I don't want to have to get a hit to score a run. I want to bunt the guy over and, hey, maybe you throw the ball away. Either either way, if I get it down successfully, I have second and third, one out. And then a fly ball gets a run in. Marlins have to bring the infield in. So ground ball, uh, not right at somebody, gets a run in, probably two runs in. So that that's at least what I would have done. And, again, I'm usually not a bunt guy, and I'm not playing the results. Just watching the game live, two on, nobody out, Lindor up. Didn't feel like you're getting another hit off Alcantara. He's so tough to hit. He's so tough to square up. I would have bunted, take my chances with the infield in to hit a fly ball or to sneak one through a drawn in infield. So uh, Mets let one get away. Lindor had a terrible at bat in extra innings, just a terrible at bat. Uh, Scott, who I mentioned, is really good. He just thrown six straight balls. He walked Canna, 2-0 to Lindor. I know Lindor is the go-ahead, the winning run, but he swings at a fastball in the dirt. I, I understand if you get fooled on a breaking ball and it goes in the dirt and you swing at it, but he got uh, it a fastball in the dirt. He just a uh, terrible at bat. And the bat went went downhill from there. Lindor ends the game. So look, we're uh, we're just about even now. We are just about even. Like I said, one and a half in the loss column. Uh, I'm sorry, one and a half overall. And really, uh, if you look at the odds here, Mets down to minus one twenty seven at Bet Rivers. One twenty seven. I um, mean, I can remember when this was a, a ten and a half game lead. Mets were minus four fifty. As it is now minus 127. Braves are plus 105. This is basically a coin flip. And like I said, Mets with a one and a half game lead. It is two in the loss column, which again, the loss column is the key because you can't make up on other teams' losses. But with 15 head-to-head here, uh, you got a lot of baseball head-to-head. And this thing is far from decided, obviously. We got a summer of a pennant race, and it's fun. And look, you haven't had DeGrom the whole season. And he pitched again the other night, rehab start, three innings. Throwing the ball 101 miles an hour, strike out, struck out a bunch of guys, so all things look good there. Sounds like July 26, which is actually against the Yankees, is the target date where you get to where you get to ground back. So that's a good sign. Scherzer's back, he's healthy, he's pitching tonight. That's a good sign. So you haven't gotten, you've had Scherzer miss five or six weeks. You've had Degrom miss the whole season. You're in the a division with the World Series champs, and you're still in first. So you could look at it that way. Of course, you could look at it the other one and say, hey, we had a 10 and a half game lead here, and now we're fighting for our lives. So uh, I think both are fair ways to look at it, but this is going to be a great race. Um, this is a huge series, but 
you know, as long as you don't get swept, I think if you swept Atlanta, you, you did some damage. If they swept you, you did some damage. Chances are somebody's going to win two out of three here. Make up a game, and you just go about your go about your business with a lot of season and a lot of games uh, left to play. So, you know, it, it's funny. The uh, the Braves, they really both teams finished the post uh, or pre-All-Star break with favorable schedule. The Braves get four more against the Nationals. I don't know if you're a, Net, a Mets fan. You're probably looking at this, this Braves schedule saying, how many times do they get to play the Nationals, the Reds, the Pirates? It seems like every time you look up, they're playing the Nationals, who are just awful. Uh, you know, blew a lead. Sunday to the Braves. That was their only chance really to win a game. The Braves dominated that series. Braves will probably, and that's these seven games against the Nationals we talked about. Braves will probably go either 7-0 or 6-1. It's hard to assume 7-0, but they'll probably go 6-1. The days Gray doesn't pitch. Uh, it's hard for the Nationals to beat anybody. It's just, it, it's hard to expect help out of the Nationals. But the Mets do get the Cubs for four after this. So you got a chance, uh, you know, three out of four. It's not impossible. So uh, they're going to go into the All-Star break, these two teams, right about even. Somebody up a game or two. You, you would think if you're the Mets, you're not going to go into this thing behind. Boy, that would be a – just psychologically. I know you'll, you're getting your guys back and you have Scherzer back and DeGrom's close. But just psychologically, I think you were up 10.5. And, and if there's a scenario here where you go into the All-Star break down a game or two, that would just be a tough one. But it's not out, it's not out of the realm of possibility. The Braves win two out of three, sweep Washington – uh, you guys, the Mets split with the Cubs, and all of a sudden you're looking up at the Braves. So bottom line, I think somebody probably wins two out of three here. It's a great series. I like the under tonight. Uh, again, the pitching matchups, Max Fried versus Max Scherzer, which is just as good as it gets. I mean, it's so much. I mean, I can't wait for this game tonight. It's going to be great, uh, especially with the Yankees off. We can just focus on the Mets-Braves. The Tuesday game favors the Braves. Strider, who has just been sensational, probably going to win Rookie of the Year. I, I you know There's probably a concern here. In terms of his innings limit, because he's a rookie, uh, and as a starter, you don't want to pitch him a million innings, but he has just been dominant. If he doesn't win it, it could be Michael Harris. We can get to the Rookie of the Year odds here at Bet Rivers. But the Tuesday matchup is Strider against Peterson. That favors Atlanta. Uh, and then Wednesday, Morton Bassett. Morton hasn't been great this year. He's been pitching better lately, though. I would favor Atlanta there. So there's a lot of pressure on the Mets to win tonight because you don't want to get swept. Again, as long as neither team gets swept, you know what? Somebody makes up a game. There's a lot more down the line here uh, this season as just looking at the schedule. August 4th through 7th, these teams play a five-game series. That's right, a five-game series in New York City Field, August 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th. Uh, that's a Thursday through a Sunday. Saturday the 6th, they play a doubleheader, so five games in four days. And then later in the month, the 15th through 18th, they play a four-game series in Atlanta. So they play nine times in August, three times this week. That's 12. Where are the other three games they play head-to-head? -head? September 30th, October 1st, and October 2nd, the last three days of the season in Atlanta. So it's not impossible that that Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, the last three games of the season, we're in the middle of football season. And we have a situation where they are playing head-to-head, mano-a-mano for the division. It's really not impossible. Uh, I think these teams are very evenly matched. I think the odds reflect that. Again, for me to sit here and say, pound my fist, the Mets are going to win this division and win it easily. The Braves are going to win. I, I really don't know who's going to win the division. I really don't. I think it's a great race. I think these are two of the three best teams in the National League, with the Dodgers being the third, obviously, and they've pulled away in the NL West. 
I think these are probably three of the five best teams in the league. In some order, Yankees, Astros, Mets, Dodgers, Braves. So it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy for either team. The Braves, you know, are looking at the Mets and say, hey, we got our work cut out for us, and the Mets the same. So it starts tonight. Braves a small favorite at home. Freed versus Scherzer. I do think this is important for the Mets. I got a feeling the Mets win tonight. Mets have struggled scoring runs here. I mean, 13, uh, the last 13 games, six of them, they scored two runs or less. So they've had a lot of trouble scoring runs here. A lot of trouble scoring runs. And Freed is not an easy guy to hit. Uh, so this won't be easy. Important game, though, obviously, especially with the way the pitching matchups line up Tuesday, where the Braves have a decided edge. And Wednesday, I'd say they have uh, an edge, a slight edge, but still an edge. So this one's more of a draw tonight. I think you have to get, not have to get this one, but uh, I do think, look, you get this one, and you know what? You figure out a way to split the next two. You had a great series. You win two out of three. You move on. If you lose tonight, then all of a sudden there's some pressure where, hey, we can get swept. Uh, like I said, the Tuesday matchup is not great. Strider versus Peterson, the Wednesday matchup. It's not impossible. It's not, you know, you're not going to be a huge underdog, but you will be an underdog. So important to get this one. Atlanta's. Really, it's been a one-way. It's been one-way traffic. There haven't been too many days where the Mets have won and the Braves have lost. There was one on Thursday where the Mets beat the Marlins and the Braves uh, lost in extras to the Cardinals. But pretty much, other than that, it's you know they either both win or both lose, or the Braves win and the Mets lose. And the Mets haven't played terribly here. It's just the Braves. It seems like they never lose. So, uh, haven't been a whole lot of days where the Mets are making up ground. It feels like it's a one-way trend here, a one-way graph where the Braves just continue to make up ground. So. Important for the Mets to kind of nip this in the bud. Win tonight. Figure out a way to get a split here. Again, if you lose two out of three, it's not the worst thing in the world. But the Braves do finish the this you know pre-All-Star break uh, week here with the Nationals. While the Mets do have the Cubs. So uh, that's uh, the Cubs are a little better than the Nationals. The, the Nationals are awful. Nationals are outside the Reds, the A's. Uh, the Nationals are one of the two or three worst teams in baseball. Um Reds might even be better because Reds actually have some pretty good pitching. The Nationals have Gray. Espino's okay. They have Soto, but they have a terrible team. Cubs are bad. They're not quite on that level. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to come down to the wire. And like I said, uh, these three this week. And then nine games in August, a five-game series in City, a four-game series in Atlanta. So, again, if somebody wins two out of three, you know what? It's not the end of the world either way. There are a lot of battles left. One other thing to keep an eye on. Uh, I've mentioned in the past, the Yankees and Mets only play four games this year. Typically, they play six. That could be big. And that's it's even though they only play four, and I love these games, and I wish they did play six, playing the Yankees four games is a disadvantage because it's considered a rivalry series. The Braves don't play the Yankees at all. Uh, the Braves play the Red Sox four the, the, instead of the Yankees. So the Braves have four with the Yankees. While the Mets crossover, I'm sorry, the Braves have four with the Red Sox, while the Mets crossover is the Yankees. So Mets play the Yankees, they don't play the Red Sox. Braves play the Red Sox, they don't play the Yankees. That's an advantage for the Braves. And look, it's only four games. It's not like the Red Sox are terrible. But you'd rather play the Red Sox for four than the Yankees. So that is an advantage for the Braves. That's really not fair. It's really not fair. Uh, again, I wish the Mets and Yankees played six games, but you have to have a way where... It's balanced because in a competitive race like this, in a race where, look, the division is more important than ever now because the top two seeds get the bye, three, four, five, and six, all play in that first round, best two out of three. That's enormous. This game, like this division, like I said, could come down to a game, two games, 
And if you got to play the Yankees for four instead of the Red Sox for four, that is a decided advantage for the Braves. But uh, a long pennant race ahead of us, 15 games head-to-head. It starts tonight, Freed, Scherzer, Braves minus 115. Uh, total is seven. So looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun. We will discuss it tomorrow. We'll discuss game two of that series tomorrow. Like I said, Yankees are off tonight. So it's all about the Mets and the Braves. Uh, so we'll do plenty more on that tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to download, rate, review, and subscribe. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.